0: Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Imig from 889. All right, Bobby, this week on Urban Spelunking, we are we're talking about a building that if you've been in Milwaukee, you've seen these all over the place. And at the time when this when this building opened, it was referred to as a wonder store. And ads called it America's most modern and beautiful supermarket.
1: You know, and, and I feel the same way even when I go in there now. So that we're talking about the one on 86th and North Avenue in Wauwatosa, which is now Ascendix.
0: Yeah, we're talking about those those iconic curved, like barrel vaulted ceilings on these Kohl's supermarkets from yesteryear. And actually, if you look at like the Pfizer uh, Forum, kind of that same architecture style, right? Like that arched roof.
1: Yeah, yeah, very similar. And like, it's just these are totally iconic in Milwaukee right i mean and and beyond they were all over the state and there were some that in there were some in illinois and minnesota and other nearby places but these are like i mean you know we have icons like the art museum right buildings like that and the war memorial but then we also have these they're like custard stands and just like these sort of neighborhood scaled unique architectural treasures that we just love so much because we live we literally lived in them and live in them in some cases still, right?
0: Yeah, when I was growing up, I grew up in Tosa and there were two of these Kohl's stores with that kind of vaulted ceiling. There was one on 124th and North and the one we're talking about right now, which is now Ascendix on 86th and North. I actually used to go to this one um, weekly when my mom was recovering from surgery. I-, I used to go and do her shopping for her at this store. And I remember thinking it was uh, really cool that it's still a grocery store and you can get this like window into the past.
1: I went to this one for two reasons. One, because it was built in 1951. It was the very first of the Kohl's arch store. So that's a good reason. But secondly, Sendix bought it in 2003 and fixed it up. And it's so it's still in use with its original purpose today. It's in great condition. It's beautiful. And I feel like when you walk in there now, it still has that sort of most modern and most beautiful grocery store (laughs) vibe to it. You know, like it's not huge. It's not a Woodman's. It's not like a massive, massive superstore, but It's got like kind of a human scale. It's got the, you know, they took the paint off the wooden arches, so they really jump out at you. And it's got those huge windows in front that let in tons of light. It really just is a pleasant place to to shop.
0: And they have like carpeted aisles, which is, uh, it adds like another level of fancy, a beauty. Modern.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it cuts down on echo too, right? So it's not as, it's like a, it's a quieter experience.
0: Well, coming up in our extended conversation we're going to dig into like why this style and how they built this because that raised the question for me is like how did they curve that wood and 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 why that choice and then we'll also talk a bit more about how kohl's got started here in milwaukee that's next on urban spelunking
1: do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today.
0: All right, Bobby, back on 86th and North Avenue at the current Sendix, formerly, of course, a Kohl's grocery store. We know that because of that arched roof. And this actually had a, like, kind of a practical use in the store because it eliminated the need for like those steel support columns, right?
1: Yeah, they're very useful because, as you say, it eliminated the, the need for beams, right? So they could you, you know, they gave 95 feet of clear, unobstructed space which is just perfect for a grocery store because then you can just slot the aisles in there and you don't have to worry about working around posts and beams and all that sort of thing. And it allowed for the creation at the back of a mezzanine, which was originally used for um, like health and beauty, that sort of stuff. Some like household goods, I think magazines were in there and the front, you know, because the front had these huge windows it had, it let in tons of light. So it was a super airy space, super bright, space, super open and adaptable space for a grocery store.
0: And the construction of this was kind of fascinating to me. I noticed in your story, you said that they were made of laminated wood. So I take that to mean layers of of bent wood. Is that how they made them?
1: Yeah. So I have a photo in the story as close up as I could get. And you can see that it's basically like layers and layers of wood glued together to create these huge, huge beams. I mean, they're just astonishing in their size when you look at them. And that also allowed them to be curved because they could use pieces, you know, you couldn't bend a beam that was probably yeah. that, was, that was that thick on its own, um, if you could even find them. But what's interesting is you know it's sort of a it's the same kind of theory behind the kinds of timber that's used now in timber constructed buildings. You know, like so you have a Scent in Milwaukee and some other buildings that are going up that are made of. What's called cross laminated timber. And those are ones where it's the same sort of idea, except that each layer is perpendicular to the other. Mm. Um, and they create a super strong and more fireproof than steel building material. So these wow. really were sort of revolutionary at their
0: time. Okay. So we've nerded out over the ceiling. We got the beams covered, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got that figured out. Yep. Uh, this stuff is like super interesting to both of us. So uh, if you're with us on six minutes in here, you you understand how, how we're geeking out here. But let's talk about the Kohl's business and how this got started in Milwaukee. Um, it, of course, began as a grocery store and later became a department store. So how did that all start? And who who had to meet each other to, to make the Kohl's thing happen in Milwaukee?
1: Well, Max Cole, who was Herb Cole's dad, started it in the 20s as a grocery store, like a more traditional sort of neighborhood sized grocery store. And then um, later on started to open supermarkets that were bigger, but not quite as big as this one. So when this opened in 1951, it was like massive. It was the sixth Cole store. So we had six at the time.
0: People were used to much smaller kind of like butcher counter type neighborhood grocery stores, huh?
1: Yeah, right. So, I mean, if, you know, and they got a little bit bigger, um, as I say, when he, when he opened his first supermarket in 1946, those were a little bit bigger, but still not the size of this. You know what I mean? So, I think when people came into these stores, you know, on an opening day in 1951, they were met not only with this unique design, which must have seemed space age at the time, right? But just the, the size of the place, the quantity of... <laughs> of products on hand must have just been just been amazing
0: yeah i love this quote you found from the uh, sentinel when the store opened and just the idea that a like the newspaper would be covering a grocery store opening shows you how, how like the supermarket craze and how that swept america in the 50s right yeah and this quote i think says it perfectly it says ingredients for the successful opening of a new supermarket you say ask the sentinel the next morning and this is what they say thousands of customers, sunshine, bargains, music, air conditioning, floral tributes, busy sales help, excited youngsters and their parents, and cash registers ringing merrily. If there had been a brass band, nobody would have been surprised. <laughs> what a great quote from the era. And that, I mean, it shows you what a big deal this was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a big deal. I think people traveled from all over the city to see it because it was such a unique thing. Wow. And too so, well, and then over time... You know, they just kept building them. And so you didn't have to travel from anywhere in the city because you had one probably nearby. And and when I wrote the story, when I posted the story earlier in the week and people on social media reacted, everybody was like, oh, I used to go to the one on this street. I used to go to the one on that street. My neighborhood one was there. You know, like everybody remembers these places because they were so unique looking. And as we said earlier, such a part of people's lives. Right? You went there every week, maybe more than once a week, or you worked there. Loads of people commented saying, "Oh, I was a bagger there. Or, my uncle worked. Oh, butcher, yeah, I Was a butcher there. You know, like just everybody has a story about one of these buildings." I
0: wanted to ask you about how this. Um, so, how did the, this was the first one with that architectural design. And you mentioned that there, soon after this, many more opened around not just Wisconsin, but in the area. Was it all because of this this kind of inspiration from the store in 86 and North?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's you know there were stores out east uh, called Penn Fruit Market in Pennsylvania that had a very similar, not exactly the same, but very similar design. And some people said that the inspiration came from those, but I wasn't able to find examples of those that were built before the Coles ones. So I'm not really sure who got inspiration from who in that. But over time, these just proved so popular that they just kept using them and reusing. Them. And it was probably cost effective too. Once you have a good plan that works, you know, you can then just have your architect come in and tinker for the site, right? Maybe yeah, make it, it bigger, a little smaller, maybe move the entrance from one side to the other side. But you probably save a lot of money by using a, a, a same design, but also it's a massive marketing tool, isn't it? I mean, long after Cole's grocery stores are out of business, you drive by one of these buildings and you know exactly what it was built for, right?
0: Yep, that was a Coles for yep. sure. Yep. I'm thinking of the one that's on 124th and North that at one time was a Coles food store on one side and then there was a vestibule that connected it to the Coles department store. And I remember as a kid... I was not one of those merry kids when my mom took me on like the super Kohl's excursion on Sunday where we'd start at the department store and finish at the grocery store. It was like a four-hour event, you know? Torture um, but- for a kid. <laughs> so when did the department store element of the Kohl's business sign on? dude? Was that part of the story? Uh,
1: no, nah, the department stores, I didn't really go into that because those didn't generally look the same. Those were not always the same, but those were founded in 1962, also by Max Cole. So they were initially connected, and over time, the different parts were, you know, like the Cole's grocery store business was sold off, and then ultimately just sort of went out of business.
0: Well, I can thank Max Cole then for those yes. uh, those four to five hour excursions on Sundays back when I was a kid. But yeah, when you when you sent me this link, Bobby, I was like, oh yeah, these these buildings, so many people are going to recognize these from their neighborhoods. And uh, it's great. I, I great that they're still being used in that way. And and uh, Sendex, of course, has become. This is the Balistraria Sendex too. We should mention that it's um, yeah. You know, there's, they've got a smaller set of grocery stores, and they've got a couple actually in former Kohl's, right?
1: Yeah, they have a couple other ones. One of them, another one, is actually in an arched building. But if you look, you can't tell from the street because it's been altered. But if you look at it on Google Maps from the from the aerial view, you can tell.
0: I have a feeling you did that.
1: (laughs) I did. I did do that. I did do that. Um, But I got the idea because, you know, I go to this one sometimes and um, I was in there one day and I was just like, you know, I got to write about this sometime. And then I looked it up and I saw that that was actually the very first one. And then I was like, well, yeah, done and done. Right. Yeah.
0: Urban (laughs) uh, guarantee there.
1: Oh, yeah. And then the best part was I contacted them and. The owner, Ted Balistrieri, agreed to meet me there. And he loves these buildings. He's, I mean, he basically said to me, and I think maybe only half joking, if joking at all, he said he wishes he could open Ascendix in all these old arch roof cold stores. He loves it so much. But he also gave me a tour of the place, which is really fun. So if you read the story on, on Milwaukee, you'll be able to see like what goes on in the basement where they have like a full kitchen and a bakery and, you know, you can see the stock rooms and all sorts of stuff.
0: There is a certain amount of mystery at the grocery store, you know. I remember just as a kid, like um, always curious, like what goes on in the back room, you know, like what's going on behind the counter there. And it was kind of cool in this story. You tapped into that curiosity I had when I was a kid. Yeah, There's something kind of fun about seeing behind the scenes at the grocery store. So
1: I sort of, I sort of knew because I, but my first job in Milwaukee was as at the Red Owl on Muskego Avenue. Oh, really. Um, so, yeah, but so if there was any thoughts of glamour, I, that was quickly <laughs> dispelled, I knew. <laughs> but actually, I mean, this this place was nothing like it. I mean, partially because the whole industry has probably moved on, but also just because Sendix runs such a, a great ship there because they package so much of the food themselves. Like they do all that deli stuff on site, they do, you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that.
0: We can go and see behind the scenes at the Sendix grocery store, the former Kohl's, uh, the very first Kohl's supermarket dating back to 1951. We've got that posted at RadioMilwaukee.org and, of course, links in the description box of this player that you're using right now. Definitely go to OnMilwaukee, check out Bobby's photos and uh, get a close-up look at those laminated beams, which got us talking here. Podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Kiri Salinas and just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. We'd love to hear some feedback. So if you've got a few words for us in a review, we'd love that. But even a five-star review would be great as well. Uh, But most importantly, make sure you're subscribed. We are covering a lot of different stories this spring, including uh, we're all over these museum announcements coming from the Milwaukee Public Museum. We've got some stories about the Milwaukee Revealed exhibit. Actually, that's going to be announced tomorrow. We'll have details about that in kind of a special urban speed bonus episode. You can also go back and see those past reveals that we've done uh, in partnership with the Milwaukee Public Museum. And three more coming this spring, including tomorrow, the, the big announce about the Milwaukee Revealed exhibit and the spiritual successor of the streets of old Milwaukee. So subscribe get that content delivered to you every Thursday from On Milwaukee and Radio Milwaukee.